to the E3 podcast where we encourage, educate, and empower female entrepreneurs. I'm Melissa Johnson, and I have a mission to help female business owners um, transform their lives and their business. On this show, I'll be interviewing female entrepreneurs that are moms, that are business owners, and we're taking a deep dive into the struggles that they're having in their business and coming up with some great solutions on how they can transform their business and their life. So thank you so much for joining the show today. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and we're going to jump right in. Welcome back to the E3 podcast. I'm Melissa Johnson. Today I have Lisa Hilton on. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So let's just jump right in. And how about if you tell the audience a little bit about you? Yeah, totally. So my name is Lisa Hilton, and I am a real estate syndicator that helps entrepreneurs and business owners invest in tax efficient real estate investing. Um, My background is I've been an accountant for the past 14 years or so, um, four of which I've been a controller on private equity real estate funds and 10 years in audit. And I live in the Los Angeles area. So that's a little bit about me at a high level. Nice. And um, we also mentioned that you're a podcast host also. So yes. (laughs) <laughs> the Level Up REI the, podcast. That's right. I'm the host of the Level Up REI podcast. Um, nice. And I drop episodes every Tuesday and they're a combination of real estate, mindset, entrepreneurship. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad to talk to you today. Thank you for, for joining us. So um, let's just start with Uh, For anybody that's listening that doesn't understand what syndication is, can you kind of break that down and explain what what that is and what that does for investors? Yeah, sure. So at a high level, syndications are group investments uh, that allow investors to pool their money together to buy assets that they would be unable to do so on their own. Um, So the benefits of syndications are that you are able to get into those larger asset classes. It's usually on commercial real estate properties, everything from multifamily to industrial, self-storage, mobile home parks, the whole nine yards. Um, And you're leveraging the expertise, experience, and time of general partners to invest in real estate while you are able to then use your time to continue to generate money in either your job or your business. Uh, So those are like the high level in terms of what syndication is. Thank you. So if somebody was thinking about um, participating in something like that, how would they vet the people who who are managing the money? Yes, that's a super, 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 super really important question. I think the first thing that you need to do is develop a relationship with people um, and get to know them. This is probably contrary to maybe what you might see out there because there's like crowdfunding websites called CrowdStreet and Fundrise that you can just go on to and invest in real estate to like right now. (laughs) Um, Like right now. 
so, so that comes counter to what I'm saying, which is develop a relationship. Why I think that's important is because of why you are asking this question. Um, as you are spending the time to build your business or, you know, work your job, you're spending time to earn that money. You want to make sure that the people that you decide to invest in are actually people who are authentic, um, full of integrity and are going to do the things that they say that they're going to do. And when things don't go well, they're going to communicate to you. So that way, you know, where they stand and what's going on. So number one, I would say develop a relationship. And some of the ways you can do that is by listening to podcasts like E3 um, and, you know, getting to know um, from these podcasts, you then are learning about people who are syndicators. You then can go to their website, listen to them on other podcasts, um, and then reading their blogs to sort of get a feel for their investment philosophy. So what they believe in investing in, what their strategy is, what their asset classes are, um, the types of returns that they're giving to investors, and then most importantly, their team and their track record. Uh, so learning a lot about um, what, how their deals have performed in the past and like what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, so I would say that's some of the most important things to do. And the only way you can do that is through listening to these podcasts and then actually taking action to going to their websites, getting on a call with them, talking to them, learning about them. By getting on a call, it doesn't mean that you're going to invest with them. It just means you are doing your due diligence to learn about who they are to determine if um, they're people that you want to invest with. Good, good idea. And probably too, like, maybe um, checking around with other people too, like if they have got references or are willing to say like, hey, you know, we did a deal with this person, if you'd like to talk to them and see kind of how the process went, you know, if they were satisfied, yeah. maybe that would be a good, good way I to totally agree. Too. You know, as a passive investor myself, um, I think it would be beneficial to, you know, have groups out there that you could meet other passive investors to sort of say on your own to say, hey, this deal has come up or have you worked with this sponsor before and what has been your experience? Because if you ask the sponsor themselves or the syndicator themselves, there's a chance that they could send you to someone who has had a positive experience with them. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you do your due diligence on your own, then you're able to then find people that, you know, have, or maybe even if you start with those people, like sort of saying, hey, can you recommend other people that have invested with this person before? Um, because you want to do your homework. That's a part of you just sort of take being a good steward for your money. Yeah. I was interviewing somebody the other day and we were kind of talking about that. And she had this great tip of, um, I forgot what she called it. I feel like it was like second ring or something like that, but basically like somebody gives you a, a referral, right? Like, you know, like maybe the, who is ever in charge of that syndication says, you know, well, you could talk to this person, but so talk to that person, but then ask that person, do you know anyone else so that you're getting it? Not from that, the main person in charge, but from actual person that's done something. And it's like, it's a second of a second kind of a thing. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I've heard that before that, you know, you, it's in the third and fourth referral out that you really start to get, um, like 
the true stories right. sometimes. Right. That's kind of what so. she was saying too. Cause it's like, well, that person, because they picked and chose that one particular individual. Yeah. But, you know, definitely talk to them, but again, like find out who they know and maybe who that person knows and kind of. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, in this sort of um, situation, how how is your money, your investment protected? Yes. Um, so when you say protected, are you suggesting like if there's a guarantee per se, or yeah, I mean, like not, is well, there laws and regulations surrounding the syndication process? Yeah, mostly that because you know we we understand that there's real property attached to the to the investment. So there is something tangible there, but are there any other thing protections in place, you know, like, so that, I don't know, you know, people just aren't taking your money and like running off with it or something. Yeah. You know, um, what I would say is that, you know, there are like, it's a, there's SEC regulations in terms of like rules surrounding raising the money and surrounding, um, you know, the issuance of a security at the end of the day, like in terms of protecting you from someone running off and like not giving you like the PPM. So the private placement agreements and like the operating agreements, the private placement agreements and subscription agreements that investors sign when going into that deal seeks to help sort of protect them and sort of prevent that from happening, but you can't prevent people from running off. That's why it's so important to do your due diligence upfront um, to make sure that you're working with people who have integrity. Nice. So what are some of the benefits of investing passively in real estate for entrepreneurs? Yeah, so that's a great question. So as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you know, you are, if you are someone think of, I think the best example I could give is think of someone who's running, you're a copywriter and you're running a successful copywriting business, which a lot of copywriting businesses have been booming currently because a lot of things, a lot of people have been able have to move online. So copy is super important in terms of writing the right kind of copy for marketing and et cetera, et cetera. Um, So you are building your business, you know, you're doing well and you want to invest in real estate, but you already know that you might, you don't want to be a landlord or you might live in a city like Los Angeles, like where I live, where you've, this city has been in, that has been closed for like months, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so to speak, in comparison to other cities, like, you know, other states like Texas and Florida and and Georgia, um, this city has been closed. So as a result, that has impacted people and renters and their ability to pay rent. So you're making money and you want to invest in real estate, but you have these companies these combination of factors. Um, So this is where real estate syndication can come in to be a viable choice because it enables you to get exposure to a market that is different from yours, that doesn't require you to be an expert in that market um, because you're leveraging the expertise of the syndication team to then get exposure to assets and returns as well as um, a market that you wouldn't have been able to do so on your own. So, 
So with those syndications, um, how, how um, can you explain how people get paid out of those? Like, is it, um, do they get paid out every month or is it, you know, maybe if I, maybe it depends on the exit strategy, if you're planning to fix up and then resell it again, possibly like, what does that, what does that look like? Sure. That's a really great question. So the first thing is what kind of syndication is it? So what is a business plan? So if the business plan is enders at a high level, I I'll touch on just three types of business plans. There's more, but they're the three most popular ones um, are the value add strategy. Um, then you have deep value add, and then you have development. So you'll have syndications that are typically targeting these. There's others like core type properties, which are like typically high end, um, you know, class A developments and that kind of, or, or buildings, that kind of stuff. Most syndications though that are around that aren't at that level. Usually the ones that are core are usually institutional. So like the big JP Morgan or BlackRock is buying like uh, Ritz Carlton. <laughs> um, but other outside of that, value add, typically you'll see monthly or quarterly distributions if you're investing into a value add syndication. Um, primarily because those properties usually are already cash flowing. Um, so this syndicator is usually taking, has a business plan where they're taking over an asset that's already generating cash flow, and they might be making some changes to it. So adding a bit of value to increase the rents. Um, so that's the first type and most popular type. And usually the class on those is like class B, class A minus, um, but usually that B, B plus, B minus, that area, maybe even a C plus you know, asset. Now you have deep value add. So deep value add usually is requiring like a change in demographic. So you have, you're taking over a multifamily and all you, your, the plan is to like change, like who lives there to be like a class B type tenant versus a class C type tenant. Um, and you're going to do some heavy work in terms of constructions and development and et cetera. So those types of projects sometimes will have a delay in when the distributions will start. So it might be like a six months before distributions kick in. Sometimes they might structure the deal. One thing I forgot to mention is in the first scenario that I just spoke about with the value add, a lot of those will also have a preferred return, meaning that um, they'll set up the deal such that the investors get paid first and then the general partner will get paid. And usually it's between six to 8%. So if you invest 100K, you could see between six to 8% of your money coming back to you each year. So you divide that by 12 and that's what you're gonna see coming back each month or divided by four and that's what you see you coming back each quarter. Now going to deep value add, a lot of those projects don't have preferred returns, primarily because um, it's, it takes a while. They know that they're going to be in the hole, so to speak, for like six months, maybe even a year when they're turning the ship. Um, and that takes time and it's higher risk. And usually those value add deals have a higher return because 
they're seeking to compensate investors for taking on the risk of, um, of the project that this project is going to have. Right. Then having their money out longer too, right? Potentially, yes. Um, but higher returns, you, you'll most likely see higher returns in that um, deep value add than, say, a regular value add because of the nature of the work. Mm. Um, and then lastly is opportunistic. And this one has the highest risk. And in terms of cash flow, um, these you'll generally not see any cash flow. Um, and it's so interesting because when I was working in for a large investment manager on private equity real estate funds, I'll never forget we were on a call and these people are high net worth institutional investors. And we're calling from them. They are invested in an opportunistic fund. So it's all development projects. Um, and we have been calling from them management fees, um, which is the way in which these institutionals, they structure their deals. And we called from them and then they wanted to have a call with us because they were like, why are you guys calling for management fees? Like every quarter. Um, so we had, I had to explain to them that, hey, you know, you have actually invested in an opportunistic fund and not a fund that is kicking off cash flow each month. So because of that, we have to call from you every month um, in order to pay the house to continue to run this fund. Mm -hmm. um, and so the same thing applies here for opportunistic. When you do a syndication on a development deal, um, Yes, the syndicator will raise all that money up front and then they'll actually they'll manage the money in terms of developing the project, whatever it is that they're developing. Um, in this case, usually they're not calling capital afterwards unless there's an issue. Um, but once again, this hair opportunistic deals usually have the highest ability for return. You're looking at 20, 25 percent or more in terms of return potential or, or even more, um, or even more than that. So, wow. yeah. And those are, um, so you said development projects. So that's like a ground up type thing, Correct. right? That's not like a redevelopment of that's a right. commercial mm -hmm. space or something, right? Yeah. And people love it. Like it's sexy. It's exciting. You know, you're bringing something new to the marketplace, but it also comes with a lot of risk. Yeah, I can imagine. That seems a little daunting to me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but to each his own, to each yeah, his everybody, own. yeah, everybody does diff something yeah, different to each so, his own. To yeah. each his own. And I think so, there's yeah. a fear there too, when you don't really understand too, you know, like I, I have learned so much the past month just about multifamily and syndication and I'm like nowhere near an expert at all, but <laughs> like, these are all things that were not in my wheelhouse before. So it's been interesting learning about that. So thank you for breaking that down. Yeah, you're that welcome. Was really <laughs> Hopefully that helps people in terms of like looking at syndication deals. Yeah. Like so if you're looking at these deals, how do you determine if that deal is right for you? Oh my goodness. Such an amazing question. You know, how do you determine if a deal is right for you starts with you getting clear about what you want? Yeah. Yes. So before always. you come to the party, you need to know what brings you to the party. So a couple things could bring someone to the party. 
someone might be in a position in their business where they want, um, you know, they have been in a successful business. They've been running it now for 10, 15, 20 years. They are now looking at, you know what, I want to retire. I want to get to a place where um, I no longer have to keep running all these different businesses. So real estate syndications can be a great way for them to transition into into that into that retirement place that they envision for themselves through building long-term wealth. So they might be taking money out of their business to invest in a real estate syndication to build that retirement fund, that long-term wealth, as well as it could be a way for them to generate passive income. Um, so they want another income stream, regardless of the situation of wherever their business is at, they just wanna generate another income stream. 2020 has illustrated that having multiple in income streams is super important um, because you never know what could happen that could take out a, an income stream. Um, so the third thing is people might be in a situation where they want to manage taxes. Uh, so they're interested in investing and they have this money and they're looking at the stock market and they could open a brokerage account or they could go invest in crypto. But guess what? The moment they want to realize any of those gains from out of the stock market or from out of crypto, they get hit with a tax bill. So that's where they will, that's where real estate syndications becomes very attractive. Because once again, they're not giving up their time. They're still, they still, this is finding a who, not and how which is mm -hmm. that book from Dan Sullivan, um, Strategic Coach. You know, that who in your life that is going to help you to leverage your time, leverage your money in this case, to develop further wealth for yourself without you having to figure out how to do all of the things. <laughs> Got to read that um, book. It's on my shelf. And I, I, I've had like the third person to mention that book to me. I'm like, God, I bought that book, but I haven't read it yet. I need to. Yes, <laughs> it's good, girl. It's good. I love that book. <laughs> well, and I love delegating. Like, I feel like that's a superpower for me. Like, I have no problems telling people what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I then do. that book is perfect for you. And maybe you don't necessarily need it, but it's a good book. Um, for me, that book, along with the 12-week year, is like a game changer. I think that anyone who reads the Who Not How should also read simultaneously that 12-week year. And then between the two of them, I, I, you're a rocket ship. You're going you're gonna to get some things done, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like getting really clear about what brings you to the party, you know, so it could be building long-term wealth. It could be, you want tax benefits. It could be, you want to generate another stream of income. Um, it could be that you are also just interested in appreciation. So people who are interested in appreciation, they're the ones who are going to, um, they're the ones who are going to invest in those development deals because they want appreciation. They're the ones who are gonna invest in a syndication that's in, in California, because this is a city that will appreciate in value regardless. You know, it's gonna be low and limited on cash flow, potentially, most likely, but like when it comes to appreciation, you hold the property 10, 15 years, come on, LA will still be here. People are still gonna be moving to this city. So, yeah. Love it. So 
like who would be who would who do you feel like are good candidates um of people to invest into in a syndication yeah so who are good investors to invest like who um yeah so i think that you know a typical an investor who is interested a person who makes um a good person who like a person who wants to invest in um in real estate syndications is typically someone who is busy uh, so they have already determined in their life that they don't want to be doing all the hows when it comes to real estate. Um, either it's because they have a job that they're super focused on and that they're trying to build, or they have a business and that's, you know, they have several businesses or a business that they're working on and that they're building. Um, or they have realized that, you know what, they love real estate, they love the idea of it, but they don't actually want to be involved in any of the flipping and renovating and tenants and anything else. Um, when you realize that that is where you're at, a lot of people feel that, oh, you know what, when they come to that realization, they think, oh, you know, what? I need to go invest in the stock market or maybe real estate investment trusts are the only things that I can invest in because you know what I'm not good at managing contractors and wholesaling and finding properties and flipping and and this and that and all this stuff so they just sort of rule themselves out without getting a chance to sort of say you know what there is a place for you um, real estate syndications could be a viable option for you Makes sense. So if somebody was looking to, um, like, say you, you wanted to start a syndication, you were going to do a big project or something, how would you, how would, what would you recommend people to do to find investors that would be interested in investing in it? Yeah. So this now is a question for someone who wants to be active. Um, and that person, not only do they want to be active, but before I get into your question, I just want to say at a high level, being active in a real estate syndication has th their three roles by and large, right? And several people can play um, some of these roles. There's more than just three, but there's three primary ones. The first is acquisitions. So you have someone who needs to be in charge of acquisitions. And they can, depending on how your business is set up, there could be a whole team of people under acquisitions. Then you have asset managers. So they're the people who are going to be managing the asset. And then lastly, you have investor relations. So those are the folks that are in charge of your question that you're talking about. So that's only one aspect or one area of the business. Um, and then there's other people, like there's key partners, key principals, you know, experienced partners, you have the lender and all that stuff. All of those other people, their roles in, in the syndication process as well. So from focusing on the investor relations, I think the first key thing is you need to build um, a system to attract, nurture, and um, help people to get to a place where they are now ready to invest into a deal. 
Um, and that is a process. It doesn't come, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and like most businesses, so as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you are in business because this is a business that you want to do. Um, otherwise you could create another business and go do something else. So the people who are focused on the investor relations side of the business, they're focused on it because that's the part of the business that they really enjoy doing. Perfect. So, um, man, this is interesting. <laughs> I feel like we can talk <laughs> a lot about this. Um, and this question, I, I probably should have started with this. You know, if somebody was looking to, to start one of these, like to set something like this up, you know, like say you've made a decision again, like there's a big project coming up and, and you realize like, I need, I need to raise capital for this and yeah. I want to do a syndication. What, what would be some things that people would do to like kick it off? Yeah. So <clears throat> like, I'm a little conservative. So I, you know, so here's where I'll start with this. I'm a little conservative because the, the laws and the regulations are real. So this industry is governed by the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission. Um, and they have a Reg D, um, 506B and 506C. So if you come, if you wait to, if you wait to think about investors last, then you're probably gonna be in the situation where you need to do a 506C, which is that allows you to go out there and raise publicly for your deals. Um, you know, you can do it on Facebook and all these other places. Um, and then you could, but you're only limited to accredited investors, which is fine. Um, and, and that's it. If you then want to raise 506B, which is, those are people that you need to have a relationship with. So you need to go through the process of nurturing, attracting, nurturing, and helping people to um, get to that place where they like, know, and trust you and are now willing to invest with you. Um, I, it's a process and it should be a process to get to that place where someone is willing to then, you know, hand over their money. Um, because of the things that we spoke about earlier, which is, you know, that track record, getting to know people, the integrity, the trust, the fact that you've worked really hard for your money. Um, and you just want to make sure that this isn't someone who's just going to run off and like not do what they're supposed to do. Because if they do run off, how, how do you find them? Like, you know, and the time and the energy and more money spent to then find that person. So I think it's just really important to take your time to get to know people. So then if you are someone who's interested in this path, like you want to be a syndicator and you want to be on the side of, um, you know, buying projects and investing, having investors invest alongside you, then I think it would be beneficial for you to start thinking about you know, nurturing investors. So getting out there, get like, if you're doing a podcast, like you could create a podcast yourself or create, not a podcast, create a thought leadership platform. So that thought leadership platform could consist of podcast, YouTube, blogs, um, courses, 
anything else, everything about education, attracting, helping, building, all of that is underneath that roof. Um, and a really good book for that is called The Best Ever Apartment Syndication Book by Joe Fairless. Um, it really breaks down like the whole entire syndication process. And then for capital raising specifically, Raising Capital for Real Estate by Hunter Thompson. Great books, two great books. One is more specific on raising capital. So like if you realize that, oh, you know what, raising capital is my space, then I would just jump to the Hunter Thompson's book and get to that one. And then if you're just wanting to get an overview of the syndication business as a whole, because you have a project and you sort of want to go through the process of trying to get it syndicated, then the book by Joe Fairless is a good one to start with because at least you can, he talks about building the thought leadership platform and then building from there. Thank you. Those are great resources. Mm -hmm. So we'll make sure to get those in the notes too. So people can, can check those out. I might have to check that out myself too. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. Well, we're coming to the end of the time, um, Lisa. So thank you so much for, for joining us and sharing what you know. And if people want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Yeah. So the best place they can go is to lisahilton.com forward slash invest. Um, when they go there, they can go and get onto my website, lisahilton.com. I also have a free seven day passive investing made easy series, which is right on the on the first page as you get to my website. Um, and then the forward slash invest, if you want to talk to me and learn more about my deal offerings or just my business in general and how, or just more about real estate syndications in general, um, more than happy to have that call and talk to you. So yeah. Great. Well, thank you again so much. I appreciate your time and this has been great. Awesome. <laughs> I feel like I've learned a ton. I, I, I was <laughs> hoping you didn't think I was being, I was taking a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it's helpful for people. Um, and, but yeah, totally an open book, happy to help people. So yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome.